0: Welcome to a refreshing podcast from Life Church. Get ready. The word of God will be planted into your heart and will produce God's best in your life. Praise God. I'm going to go straight into the word. Um Last week, I started a series called Highway to Purpose. Can we say that together? And what I began to share with you is that All of you, every one of you, you're on a road. You're going somewhere. Whether you realize it or not, you're going somewhere. No one is not on a road. Everyone is on a road. And what I shared with you also was something about dreams, and I mentioned that if you dream, you'll notice that if you dream about cars, you're in a vehicle of sorts, Maybe you're you're, you're just being transported from one place to another. Dreams that have cars in it also represent destiny and purpose. Many times when you're dreaming and you're in a vehicle, the message has to do with your future, has to do with your destiny, has to do with where you're going, has to do with God's will for your life. That's the general gist of what cars, riding in a vehicle, moving represents. And some time ago, um, the Lord brought that to my heart and he, arrested my attention to certain signs that we see every day as we drive. I saw just various signs and I'll begin to correlate how those signs are indicative of where he's taking you, where he's taking us as a church and how we are to pay careful attention to the signs we see because the signs you see have a lot to do with the destiny that you must fulfill. Everyone is on a road. Everyone has a destiny that they must fulfill. I want you to hear that very clearly. Everyone has a destiny they must fulfill. You have a destiny and you are on a road and you're either moving towards the fulfillment of that destiny or you're moving away from it. And I wanna encourage you today to move towards it. One of the things that we're very clear about here as a church is that God has designed you with a specific intent, with a purpose. You're not here by accident and he wants you to be clear about his intentions for your life. He doesn't want you to live life just trying to figure it out as you go along. That is not going to be your testimony. You're not going to live life. In fact, if you have small kids, I'm telling you, be relentless about this. Speak this blessing over them. You will know the will of God at an early age. I really believe that you don't have to go into your 20s, into your 30s, still trying to figure it out. Sometimes that happens. And if you're still trying to figure it out, no judgment, no condemnation. But I want you to know that it is also possible to know the will of God at an early age. We have an example in the person of Jesus, 12 years old, in the temple. Parents worried about him. He says, why were you worried? Don't you know that I should be about my father's business? He understood that I'm here for a purpose. I'm here for a reason. Right. So you are on a road. That road is either taking you to the fulfillment of God's plan for your life or away. Last week, we talked about one sign, and that is the the, the sign of a fork in the road. And I shared with you by inspiration of the Holy Spirit that that fork in the road is leading to two options. One, you could take the road of forgiveness or the road of bitterness. And I knew by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, many of us, because along the road of destiny, you will be offended at things. Along the road of destiny, there will be things that hurt you. When you're on the road to fulfilling God's plan for your life, there will be things that will come against you that you're now going to see a sign that tells you, okay, that happened in the past. You have an option before you. You can either take the road of forgiveness or you could take the road of bitterness. And we, we cancel the spirit of bitterness in this place in the name of Jesus. And we showed how in the word, bitterness will lead you, will lead you to unfulfilled purpose. There's a lot of people who aborted their purpose. We saw Esau mainly. Esau was a man of bitterness. You see that he was bitter, and as a result, he forfeited what God placed in his hand. You will not be bitter. But for you to understand that, I want you to understand this, what Jesus said. He says, it is impossible for you not to be offended. Or for offenses not to come. That's what he said. It is impossible for offenses not to come. So you will experience offensive things. Things will come that will hurt you. On the road to fulfilling purpose. On the road to fulfilling destiny. On the road to doing what God has called you to do. Things will hurt you. Things will come against you. Things will hurt. And you will always have this sign before you. A fork in the road. You could either take the road of forgiveness... Or you can take the road of bitterness. I declare you're taking all the road to forgiveness. Amen? Here's one sign that the Lord put in my heart very strongly. That was last week. I want to share this with you. And that is another sign called the no U-turn sign. Oh, I hate that sign. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. Every day, almost every day, I break this rule right around my my daughter's uh, school. There's a no U-turn sign. I do it anyway. Because if I don't take this, this turn, I'm going to have to go way around. It's an it's a asinine sign. I don't know why it's there. I break this rule all the time. But in all seriousness, there is a sign, I believe, in the spirit that tells you there is no U-turn. And I sense very heavy in my heart. I'm taking my time because this week has been just a very interesting week spiritually. And I sense that there's a lot of people here. You are feeling the feelings of quitting, quitting, quitting many things. And when I talk about purpose and when I talk about destiny, let me be very candid and clear with you what I'm talking about, because sometimes purpose can be such a nebulous thing and you don't know what it is. Let me just talk about it. It could be quitting your family, quitting your spouse, quitting your job, and you know you shouldn't. Quitting things that the Lord has put into your hands. That's all purpose. Purpose is not some grandiose aha moment. I walked into purpose. Purpose begins purpose. As you've heard me say this before, is every single day. And many times people are quitting on their purpose and they don't even realize it. And I hear the Lord saying, no U-turns in the kingdom of God. There is no U-turns in the kingdom of God. God is calling you not to quit. He's calling you not to give up. He's calling you not to faint. He's calling you not to lose heart. He's calling you not to lose hope. And the reason why that sign is there is because you will be tempted to quit. You will be tempted to quit. You got to understand that. I believe that one of the best ways to overcome temptation is to expect It's to expect it. One of the best ways to overcome distraction is to expect it. So the reason why I'm saying this to you is because I want you to know, even if you don't feel like quitting now, you will come to a point in your life where you will want to quit. You will come to a point in your life where you will say, this ain't worth it anymore. You will come to a point in your life where you would want to say, I'm leaving, I'm done. And I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to you today, there is no U-turns in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. There's no U-turns. I believe that you're going to get your second win today. Jesus said this, Luke 9, 57 to to 62, he says, Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. Jesus was very ruthless. I think there's a side of Jesus that we don't really know. We know the sweet, Americanized, Western Jesus. You know, the nice, so Jesus literally told someone, skip your dad's funeral. What I'm doing is more important. I don't think we understand the call of, the, of doing the will of God. Sometimes doing the will of God seems like a suggestion. This is why I even train my own words. I don't ever say, do what the Lord is asking you to do. Guess what? God doesn't ask you to do anything. He commands. Well, we ain't ready for that kind of gospel. We're ready for the sweet American, a westernized. Sweet, no, Jesus said, later for your dad. He's dead. It's over with. What I'm doing is more important. Jesus, have mercy. And another also, not only that, he insulted He insulted those who were going to do the funeral. He says, they're dead. Let them do it. Let the dead bury the dead. I just missed that. Lord, have mercy. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you. But let me first, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus, I love him. He, he understood something that to follow me, you got to be fit. There's, there's a certain kind of demeanor you got to have. You got to have some type of Teflon about you. He's compassionate, don't get me wrong, he, he raised the dead, so he understands about compassion and mercy, and, but there's a part of God, I want you to don't lose that, there's a part of God where his will matters more than anything, more than your feelings, more than what you like, more than what you don't like, your discomforts, your, 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 your preferences, there's a part where you'll discover God's will matters more to him. And anything Jesus said it this way my food is to do the will of God and to finish his work that's what energizes me that's what gives me life Jesus had many opportunities to quit and to do a u-turn he decided not to I'm saying this over you and over your life you will decide not to do a u-turn I, I know Satan is trying to get you to quit certain things walk out on people Dismiss certain people. Walk out on things that the Lord has told you to commit yourself to. No, 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 no. I break that lie being told to you. You're getting your second wind in Jesus' name. Luke 17, 32 to 33. Look at this. Remember Lot's wife. That's what Jesus said. Remember Lot's wife. Now, if you don't know Lot, Lot was someone who was related to Abraham. And Lot, at one point, lived in a city near Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah was a city that was being judged. It was a judgment pronounced over the city. And Jesus is giving, in this passage, he's giving a prophecy of what is to come when tribulation hits and when Israel, the nation of Israel, is under great persecution And he's giving them a warning. He says, listen, during that time, don't go back for things. Don't don't try to save anything. Don't try to preserve anything. Because what Lot's wife did is that she looked back. And the scriptures teach that when she looked back, she turned into a pillar of salt. Let me back up just to give you more understanding. God is about to judge these cities. He tells them in advance. Angels are sent to Lot and his family. They're escorting them out of the city. They're instructed don't look back. While there is fire and brimstone, while this city is being judged, while there is persecution happening or, or tribulation happening, they were told, do not look back. You're going to be tempted to look back. Don't look back. Lot's wife looked back. She looked back, and the scripture shows that she turned into a pillar of salt. I think that's very interesting because salt is a preserver. It preserves things. And she looked back, not just like, oh, you know, no. She looked back wanting to preserve the past. Wanting to hold on to the past. Wanting to hold on to what she was leaving behind. And this is why she was turned into a pillar of salt. So Jesus says, listen, remember Lot's wife, whoever seeks to save or preserve, his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. Let me say it this way. I said it before. If, you see, if, you, if you're afraid of losing, you will lose. In business, they say scared money don't make money. Right? So if you want to gain, you have to get rid of fear. Many people are making U-turns in life because they're afraid, and they are more comfortable with what was than what is to come. I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying to you today, don't look back. Remember Lot's wife. This is beautiful. This is what the Lord showed me, I want to just be very clear about this. Especially, this is for somebody, especially for those who look back to the days where you lived in the world. And sometimes you long and you think, man, I remember when I was in the world and we kind of like boast about it. Oh, man, I was a wild boy then, man. You know, (laughs) yeah, I was something. You understand something. The reason why she turned into a pillar of salt is because she was turning back to something that was being judged. And at times we're looking back at things that is under the judgment of God. When you look back to things that are being judged, you suffer the same fate. So don't ever envy and look back at things that God has set you free from. Don't ever do that because what you're doing is you're, saying, you're, you're, you're insulting the spirit of grace by saying this looks better. Think about this. They were being set free, delivered from judgment. <laughs> and you have the nerve to look back. But such is the case for us today. Delivered, set free. I used to be this. I used to do that. And then sometimes we look back with longing eyes. Man, I remember when it was like that. No, don't look back to the things that have been judged. There is grace ahead of you in the name of Jesus. Somebody say no U-turns. There's no U-turns in the name of the Lord. There's no U-turns. Someone who is... Felt the temptation to quit. I'm speaking to your soul right now. You will not quit. Let me tell you what quitting looks like. Quitting is not always just leaving. Quitting sometimes is staying but not caring. You quit. Sometimes quitting is being a part of something but not giving your all. That's quitting. I know many... (laughs) I know many married couples, have been married for years, but divorced for many years. Married together, but divorced for like decades. Especially if you have a very, very strong conviction against divorce. I know some people say, listen, I ain't going to divorce. I'll cheat on you. I ain't going to divorce you though. You quit. You quit. Divorce is just announcing to the world a decision you made a while ago. That's all it is. It's just announcing we made this decision. You don't make the decision when you sign the divorce papers. You made a decision a long time ago. There may be people who are quitting on things that God has put in. There are people who quit on their children. They quit. I'm done. But you wouldn't know because they're there. They made a U-turn in the Spirit. God is saying, no, 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 there's no U-turns in the kingdom of God. You're going to get your second wind in the name of the Lord. The Lord has placed you in a position. He's given you a position in business, a position in your career, and you feel challenged. I want to encourage you not to quit, and I have some reasons why you shouldn't. But I want you to know, if you if you walk out the plan of God for your life, the end, the end will be glorious. The end will be glorious. Somebody say no U-turns. Let me tell you why you shouldn't quit. I'm just gonna just. This is not even on notes, but please write notes if you can. One, very simple, it pleases God. Let me say this way, actually. This is what I really want to say. Do you understand you come from a legacy of non-quitters? You come from a legacy of non-quitters. Let me start with your spiritual legacy. I have spiritual legacy for you. I have a natural legacy for you. Spiritual legacy. Number one, you have Jesus who didn't quit. You come from him. I want you to know that you come from him. He could have quit. He could have said, Father, I don't care what you say. This cup, I'm not drinking. I'm just not drinking this cup. Remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? Father, if it's possible. He could have said, I don't care if it's possible or not. I'm not drinking it. We don't really think he could have, but he could have. I know that could mess with your theology. Jesus could have. Jesus had to submit himself to the will of God. He was in flesh. He wasn't walking around as a spirit being. He is tempted just as he was tempted, just as you are. He understood what it felt like to be tempted. He understood what it felt like not to want to carry the plan of God through. Jesus understood those feelings. He wasn't, playing, he wasn't praying just to pray, Lord, if it's possible, pass it, let this cut pass for me. No, he was feeling the feelings of saying, ah, I don't want to do this. But he did it, and you come from him. The apostles, when Jesus died, they could have quit. They could have said, you know what, guys, we, we lied. We, there, there's no There's no savior. We just made up this story. You know how you know the gospel is true? No one dies for something they know isn't true. Some people die because they think something is true, but no one makes up a story knowing it's not true and is willing to die for it. That's insane. The apostles testified. We saw him. Not only were we with him, he died, but we saw him. They didn't make up the story, and they were facing death. The Bible says that they were facing jeopardy every day. That was Paul's confession. He says, if Christ didn't die, why am I in jeopardy every day? I know what I encountered. I know what I felt. I know when the light shone and said, Paul, why are you persecuting me? And yet, he didn't quit. You come from the apostles. That's your spiritual legacy. Glory to God. You come from the apostles. Some of you have natural legacies. You come from people who didn't quit. If you have ancestors that were enslaved, you're here today. They didn't quit. If you have people that came from very harsh conditions, Harsh situations. They didn't quit. I want you to know something. You come from them. The reason why I'm saying that is because there is something in you that is bigger than your feelings. And you need to draw on that. I said this in just years ago, but I'm going to say it again. Matthew 13, I believe it's verse 33. The Bible says the kingdom of God is like yeast. And if you know anything about yeast, yeast, it rises. And the kingdom of God is in you. And I said to in Jess, you have a yeast infection. I want you to know that you have a yeast infection. Get a t-shirt. There's something in me that will rise. Anybody gonna buy that t-shirt? Life Church Yeast Infection. Welcome. <laughs> That's a good conversation starter. Especially if you're a guy. Okay, what kind of... I don't know what's going on there, but... But that's what Jesus said. The kingdom of God is like yeast. How when God put it in the earth, it didn't just stay there. It began to spread. It began to rise. And the kingdom of God is in you. That means you have something in you that is, de- that is designed to rise. That is designed to move forward. That is designed not to quit. Yeast will grow even in the most unseemly circumstances, unclean circumstances. Most dirtiest natural environments, yeast will grow. So I don't care where you are. If you're part of the kingdom of God, you will rise in Jesus' name. There's no U-turns for you. Oh, I'm so excited about that. I sense by the Spirit, some of you have been tempted to walk away from Jesus. This is why I'm saying this. You know, there is a prophecy in the Bible that says in the last day, many will do that. It's called the great apostasy, but people will deny the faith. People will walk away from Christ. It will happen. Many are. Today, it won't be your story. But let me be honest with you. I'm not naive to tell you that or to, or to think that you're not being tempted to walk away from the faith of Jesus Christ and you think every thought is your own thought, you think every thought is just some thought that came to you randomly, no there are spirits at work that want to pull you away from the faith of Jesus you have to understand that that's why I'm speaking very authoritative to you today because I want you to know there are no U-turns in the kingdom of God and you need to resist that you need to be able to say this is not the will of God for my life I will serve the Lord all the days of my life in the name of Jesus. Things might not be ideal. I may not be where I want to be. Things may have not worked out the way I thought they would, but there are no U-turns. I'm going forward. That's what you need to begin to say to your life. There's no U-turns for me. I'm going forward. Somebody say, I'm going forward. Why you shouldn't quit? I love this. It frees others to not quit. Your determined purpose to fulfill God's plan for your life will encourage others to do the same. Your children will be blessed because you decided not to quit. Let me just be honest with you. Very simple. is not rocket science, guys. Your children have a very, very high probability of believing in Jesus because you do. If you don't, they have a very high probability of not. I didn't say 100%. I'm just saying the probability, if you don't raise your children in the fear of the Lord, in the admonition of the Lord, in the word of God, you're making it more difficult for your children to have the faith that you have. If you don't have it, it's, very, it's much more difficult for them to have it. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that when you live out God's plan for your life, you leave a legacy for others to follow. The best thing you could do for, the, for your children? Fulfill God's plan for your life. The biggest mistake you could do is to pour everything on your children. Oh, you, No, 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 no. Your children will be inspired if you do the will of God for your own life. Don't quit. It frees others. It frees others. Isaac was blessed, the Bible says. And God said, I'm blessing you because your father Abraham obeyed me. Oh, I love that. Think about that. How children can be blessed because their parents obeyed God. Some of you are blessed, you don't even realize it's because of the prayers your, your parents prayed. It's because your parents served the Lord in the kingdom. Things, things became easier for you because you had a dad, you had a mom that was saying, Lord, I must fulfill, the, I must fulfill God's plan for my life. And things seem to just fall on your lap. That's not by accident. Someone decided not to quit. So, why shouldn't I quit? Because you're leaving a legacy and you're freeing others to follow in your footsteps. Glory to God. John 17, 18 to 19. This is what Jesus said. He's praying to the Father. He says, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself. That they also may be sanctified by the truth. Jesus understood. I have disciples. There's something I must do. And if I do this, it's going to affect them. What did he do? I sanctified myself. I, cons- I consecrated my life to the will of God. I devoted myself to finishing the work. I devoted myself to fulfilling your plan for my life. And because I've done that, this will be true for them. Listen. Listen. People of God, your life is not just for yourself. Do you understand? Your faithfulness to the things of God encourages others. It helps others. And so sometimes we have to to be our brothers and our sisters' keeper. We got to be able to say, you know what? It's not just about me. I got to concern myself with that new person that gave their life to the Lord. I need to concern myself with that person who might be dealing with this. I must not quit because it will affect them. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Acts chapter 20, 22 to 24. This is Paul speaking. He says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city that chains and tribulations await me. It's amazing, man. You know what helps me? I put things in perspective about, like, when I go through difficulty, I go through challenging times. You know what I do? I try to put myself in other people's shoes. I try to contextualize my life, right? You can't always do that, but sometimes there's a place to do that with what my forefathers went through, with other challenges. And I try to make sense of things because... Life is not just your your 90, 100 years on the earth. You got to look at life from a broad, broad spectrum, right? When I look at the scripture, what amazes me is that Paul is saying, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I don't know what's going to happen, except I know this, that chains and tribulations await me there. Isn't it interesting? Most people who, if they got a dream, a revelation, a prophecy, if you're going to go to Jerusalem, you're going to, ha- you're going to be bound. They'll say, Oh, thank you, Lord, for the confirmation that, to not go there. <laughs> that would have been confirmation not to go. Matter of fact, some people believe that Paul missed it by going. He didn't miss it. He understood that tribulations didn't mean that I'm out of the will of God. He says, Everywhere I go, they're testifying, chains and tribulations are waiting me there. But I'm going anyway. But I'm going anyway. <laughs> Think about that. I'm going anyway. Why? Paul had a revelation. Let's just read it. This is going to bless you. Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me. I'm not moved by it. Paul, you're going to die in Jerusalem. And? Paul, you're going to prison there. And? Paul, they're going to stone you there. And? Paul, you're going to be shipwrecked. And? None of these things move me. Lord, give us that resolve in Jesus' name. Some of us were moved by little things. Someone said this and it just ruins your entire week. It ruins your entire day. Someone didn't support you in this way and all of a sudden life sucks. None of these things move me. Chains await me. Tribulations await me. Nakedness awaits me. Yes. Paul went through it, being stoned, that, yeah, that awaits awaits me, being bitten by a viper, that awaits me too. Guess what? I'm not moved. (laughs) Glory to God. Compare that to your carnet bill. Many people refuse to do the will of God because they're afraid of suffering lack. Compare that to your mortgage, to your rent, to your car notes. Compare that to those things that easily move you. A mate. Somebody say, none of these things move me. Come on, I want you to have this in your spirit, man. This is what what the kingdom of God is about. I will do the will of God no matter what. I will go forward no matter what. I will commit no matter what. I will serve no matter what. I will give no matter what. Glory to God, I will do it no matter what. I just felt like a, a song needs to be made about that. No matter what. None of these things move me. Why? Nor do I count my life dear to myself. Oh, that's the problem there. We, we love our lives too much. My too. I, I'm, I'm there with you sometimes. I love my life. I mean, God wants you to love your life, but not to the point where you are willing to abdicate the will of God. No. He says, I don't count my life dear to myself. Jesus. Think about that. I know many people who refuse to do the work of the ministry, who, people who are called to the ministry. And you know the reason why? It's because they're afraid of lack. You know how many times people came to me, wow, you're a pastor, especially when I first started. Man, okay. Like, That pays the bills like that's the very first question people want to know like how 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 are you holding up none of those things move me i wasn't always there oh but that was my determined purpose when we first started lord you got to make it happen in the name of jesus my eyes are on you that's that's the secrets keep your eyes on the lord he will make it happen for you lord this is difficult how do i deal with this situation None of these things move me. I will continue. So long as you're giving me grace, I will go forward. Nor do I count my life dear to myself so that, so that, here's the key. You want to finish the race? You want to fulfill destiny? You want to be on the highway to purpose? This is the key. This is why I said all of this. So that you may, or so that I may, finish my race with joy. If you're easily moved by things, you will not finish with joy. If you're moved by things, you will not finish with joy. But if none of these things move you, you will finish your race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. U-turns are made because other things come up that seem more important at the time. But let me tell you something. On the road to destiny, when something seems to be more important than doing the will of God, I want you to know that it's not. We were meeting with um, some of our team leaders and I was sharing with them this morning how the Lord by revelation shared with me that many people are, and this may relate to you personally or someone you know, but I, I sensed people are dealing and probably will deal with the spirit of depression and suicide. Suicide is just a U-turn. It's just to say, I don't want to go any further. Thursday night, and this related to someone that was sharing the same testimony. They were actually sharing with us how one of their children was going through a, a, just a crazy experience as they were sleeping. And I knew by this I said, was this Thursday night? Was this Thursday night going to Friday? Because that's what it was for me. I said, I knew it because I sense, the, I, I rarely, I rarely go through any kind of, overwhelming feeling like like that the way I experienced this past week and I just knew this can't just be me I began to cancel the spirit of depression the spirit of just attack on the mind I knew it was that day and I believe others may have experienced that losing sleep that's gone in the name of Jesus your life is precious Your life is worth living. I want you to know something. When you commit suicide, you don't end the pain. You just transfer it. You transfer it to someone else. Do not give in to the temptation of suicide. I'm speaking very blunt because it needs to be said that way. When you hear thoughts and feel feelings that tell you your life is not worth living, that is a lie from the enemy. Your life is worth living. The man in prison who was, who was assigned to guard the, jet, the, the, the inmates, Paul and Silas were praying, singing, sing, singing songs, praising God. The jail shook. He thought his life was over. He didn't know the truth. He went to take a knife to kill himself. And many times people are killing themselves because they are operating on wrong information. He was about to end his life. And Paul said, hold it. We're here. Everyone is here. Sometimes you think you've lost everything. You don't have anything. And everything is still there. You think that life is not worth living. It's a lie from the enemy. It's worth living. You will live. You will live and not die. Your life is precious. I'm going to speak this over life, church. We will have no one committing suicide in Jesus' name. People are going through things. People are suffering. People need mental help, mental health counseling. They need compassionate care, and we're here for that. I want to encourage you. If you need that, seek out for it. It's okay. There's no judgment in getting counseling. I've referred many people to counseling. I've counseled, but I'm not a professional counselor, so when I felt people need professional counseling, I refer people. I have no problem with that. If you need it, go get it. But I want you to also understand that there is a power in the name of Jesus. Don't forget that part. Because some of it is spiritual in nature. Some of it you're hearing thoughts. You're hearing, you're feeling feelings. You're like, where did this come from? Why do I all of a sudden feel crazy? Why, why, why all of a sudden I feel confused? You need to start invoking the name of Jesus over your mind. You need to be saying, no, in the name of the Lord Jesus, my mind will operate soundly. I will not quit in life. I will not quit on life. I will not quit on the people who love me. I will not give up on those who believe in me. I will not make a U-turn in life. My life is precious in Jesus' name. I feel like there's a violence in faith that we need to operate in. Some of you, I keep saying this because I think some of us were not doing it. You need to start opening your mouth and going violently about what God has spoken over your life. You can't be cute about this. You can't be cute about it. You need to violently say, no, no, not so. It will not be in my life. It will not be in my children's life. It will not be in my marriage. It will not be in my church. It will not be in my health. It will not be. Too often we do what Adam did. Adam just stood there, allowed the serpent to trick Eve. Sometimes we're just watching something play out. We're just kind of like amused by it, like, wow. That's interesting. Oh my God. Whoa, you see what's going on here? No, 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 no. You need to begin to speak violently against the attacks of the enemy. No U turns. Somebody say, No U turns. Let me give you two more scriptures and we're done. Nehemiah 6 1 to 4. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates. That Sanballat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Anno. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. Somebody say, I am doing a great work. Point to yourself and say, I am doing a great work. I want you to believe that about yourself. The things that God has put in your hand that you've begun to do, it's great in value. It's great in value. And I don't want you to think about this statement as, oh, I'm doing a great job at it. Don't even look at it that way. That's not what Nehemiah was saying. He wasn't talking about how great of a job he's doing. He was talking about how important of a job he's doing. He was like, oh, look at me. I'm doing a great job here. No, no, no. He was saying, this work that I'm doing is important. This work that I'm doing is valuable. This work that I'm doing is necessary. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times. Someone say four times. That's the key thing. Four times. And I answered them in the same manner. Don't change your resistance. Oh, well, I I resisted twice, Lord. Well, I guess the third time. Third time's a charm. No, 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 no. The same resistance you gave the very first time, you do it until. Why do people give in? They stop stop resisting. As simple as that. I'm doing a great job. Let me tell you something. You're doing a great work. Let me explain what I mean by that. There's some things the Lord has committed into your hands. There's some things that the Lord has given to you to do. There's some things that he wants you to believe him for. And you've begun to believe. You've begun to make decisions to walk out the plan of God for your life. That's a great work. That's a great work, but you will be tempted to move away from that, move away from that building, move away from that wall that you're constructing, move away from it. And at that moment, you got to say this to yourself. I'm doing a great work. This is important. My purpose is valuable. The will of God is important. It's of great value. Why should I leave it to go down to this? You won't forfeit your destiny in Jesus' name. You won't forfeit it. I'm going to leave you with one scripture. Oh, glory to God. My favorite one, Galatians 6.9, as it relates to this series. Let us not grow weary. Somebody say, let's not, weary. let's not grow weary. While doing good. Glory to God. Sometimes you're doing good, and it can be wearisome. Sometimes you think if it's wearisome, it must not be good. No. Sometimes it's wearisome even though you're doing good. This is why we're told don't grow weary while doing good. Sometimes the good work can cause you to get weary. Don't grow weary for in due season. What season? season. We shall reap if we do not lose heart. Losing heart or fainting is not just if I stick, if I'm, if I'm just there. No. It's if you are there and you're connected and you're committed to the degree that God has called you to be. That's where you will reap. That's where you will reap. All of us are tempted to quit. All of us. If you're married, you might be tempted to quit. Your, and I, like I said earlier, the reason why you're, you're you're tempted, you may be there, but you've grown weary. You've stopped doing the first things. Jesus said to the He said to the church of uh, what church was it? The church that was lukewarm. He said, "I want you to do the first works. Do the first works. What did you do when you first What did you do when you first met her?" What did you do when you first met him? The first works. When you had the googly eyes. When you got dressed and you looked the part. When you made sure your hair was dead. (laughs) When you made sure you smelt nice. What happens is we take for granted the things that God has blessed us with. And we start to look at it as common. What did you do when you first got hired? What did you do when you, that day, Lord, you promoted me. Thank you, Lord. I'll honor you. Now it's year two. Do the first works. What did you do when you first got saved? You pursued God and he made your heart skip. You loved on him and you worshiped him. What did you do? That's what you should do today. When you stop doing that, that's, what you, that's when you know you've grown weary in doing good. I'm speaking that your due season has come in Jesus' name. Your due season is upon you. Hallelujah. I'm done, but I'm going to literally leave you with one more. I just feel that just to say this with you. I don't even have this up, but guys, if you could put Romans 15, 13 up. This is is for some of you. I feel that some of you have lost hope. And this is a scripture for you that I'm going to pray over every single person. You want to give up in life because you've lost hope. You've lost hope. I love this. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you feel hopeless today, that's that's the feeling. That's the feeling that drives you into despair. The feeling of hopelessness. Let me just say this. I believe hell is... You know, when I was a kid and I learned about hell, the thing that stood in my mind was the fire, right? That's what you heard about, the fire, the agony, the yelling, ah! Those are the images that I had of hell. But as I matured in Christ, you know know what I'm very keenly aware of about hell? Hell is a place where there is no hope. That's the place that drives people to want to end their life. But they can't because there's no hope and you can't die. But you want to because there's no hope. And that's the the circle there. There are people today, the reason why they end their lives because they feel that there's no hope. They feel hopeless. I feel a great sense of compassion right now because I can feel the hopelessness that's in the room. God wants to fill you with hope today. He wants to fill you with hope. You've been feeling that there is no hope, there's no use to this anymore. The God of hope is going to fill you with all hope in Jesus' name. This concludes today's message. If you need prayer, want to give a donation, or would like more information about Life Church, visit us at www.nylifechurch.com.